HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Hey, road trippers, you have indeed reached Agave Road Trip, the podcast that helps gringo bartenders better understand agave, agave spirits in rural Mexico. But before we can take off on this week's road trip, we need to fill up the tank, which is code for pay the bills, which is code for run the commercials for the folks who are enabling us to go on these agave road trips. So sit back and Chava and I will circle back to you in a second. Good food is worth a thousand words. This is Arthi Menon, and I'm delighted to share a new podcast with you. My Family Recipe from Food 52 and Heritage Radio Network. Adapted from Food 52's much-loved column of the same name, the My Family Recipe podcast will bring its pages to life. Each episode of My Family Recipe brings you a cherished heirloom recipe and the story behind it from voices across the world of food. We'd open these tubs of dough and they would exhaust these incredible yeasty fumes and it just smelled like nothing else. It was so intoxicating. I'll interview writers and chefs, parents and children about what's passed down along with the foods that we know and love. Chinese people aren't like born with a download on how to like velvet chicken. You know, like that's not something that just like comes to you. Listen and follow wherever you get your podcasts. I am Lou Bank. And I am Chava Perivan. And this here is Agave Road Trip, the award-winning podcast that helps Gringex bartenders better understand agave, agave spirits in rural Mexico. And today, Chava, I want to talk with you about, hey, I just went down to Mexico. I'm sorry. Let me pretend I'm a Gringex bartender. <laughs> hey, I just went down to... I guess it could be either way, but I'm going to go with the deep-throated uh, Gringo expert today. Yeah, yeah, go. I just that. went down to Mexico and I got back with all this great booze. Now, could I could I serve it in my bar? And I'm guessing you thought about this because we just spent all last week in New York and uh, doing a lot of tastings of beautiful stuff, but uh, almost all of them. I think we only had one drink from a plastic bottle in the whole week. <laughs> which was very concerning to when me. you say that we had it um like that we brought no no we did not uh it was I, I guess it would be a bad idea to disclose the location that facilitated this but i did have one <laughs> right i guess that's the whole point of this episode but uh i did have a beautiful spirit coming out of a plastic bottle last week in new york city 
So there's definitely a few people that hold some of this stuff, but I'm pretty sure that he's not serving this to his customers. It's just something that he saves for the special people, Lou, like you and I. Right. Well, sure. But, you know, the truth is that um, every state has different laws, right? Mm. And mm. Right. And so those laws are going to dictate what you can and cannot do. And in fact, like I know, I know for a fact in the state of Illinois, even if you're just giving it away, uh, two people, you know, if, if, if you have a licensed bar and you are giving a spirit away to people who are your friends in that bar, you're breaking the law and you could lose your liquor license. Oh, I'm, I, by no means I was saying that what, that's why I'm not disclosing name and location. Right, right. I'm pretty sure, yeah, like just for what I got to see about the U.S., I'm pretty sure that you're breaking a few laws. Yeah, but you know, but I find the the interesting thing is you're not breaking the law if what you're doing is bringing it back, and certainly if you're just using it for your own consumption. Um, but if you are then using it to train your staff to better understand the uh, the breadth and depth of of uh, spirits oh. that are available in Mexico, right? So there's there's a piece of it where you you can and, and sharing that also with other bars and restaurants and people you know, other people in the hospitality industry in your community, um, that tends to be okay. Oh, and, you know, you're touching on a point that I guess I'm just tremendously ignorant in this, but I was not aware of how elaborate the staff training sessions can be in your country. I think I've been to a lot, uh, a few staff training sessions here in Mexico, and I'm not saying that they're uh, any, any worse, but... It just really impressed me the level, level of detail that we were able to go into when we were there. We we did one for the, the staff at Clavel in Baltimore, which big shout out to them, beautiful space. And I was just extremely impressed on how uh, in all the things we got to talk about that we usually like we don't, you know? <laughs> sure, sure. Which is which is the the beauty of working with professionals, right? Like the 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 the, the regular person who comes into the customer who comes into a bar uh, hasn't been thinking about this stuff all day long, all week long, all month mm -hmm. long and uh yeah, I love getting into a Years room with, long. Yeah. I love getting into a room with folks who have so that we can start uh diving deep. But but you know, but I I also I don't want to get too far away from this point of, you know, can you serve it in your bar? Mm. Um because my understanding is one state where you can is Washington, one state, I guess it's not even a state and that might be the point is Washington <laughs> DC, right? So if you You can? Yeah, so Washington DC has this very odd rule where if you've been um if you if you purchased a bottle of spirits anywhere within the US, you just have to go to mm. this tax office, pay the tax, and then uh, you can serve it in your bar or restaurant legally. And this the the point to that uh, particular law is because they have so many ambassadors from around the world who are missing, uh, you know, ah, yeah. So it's kind of I'd a beautiful love way. That. Like if you if you bring stuff back in and then you just sell it to yourself, that and you know, there's a handwritten receipt. That's enough for them. That's enough. That's amazing. It just I I mean, I had never thought of Washington D.C. as a desirable place. <laughs> but now that you're saying that, <laughs> so, so oh, you know, sorry, Washington D.C. Chava doesn't know you. He's <laughs> never really met you. <laughs> but uh, I, I have friends that have worked there in uh, some like fancy UN jobs and stuff. 
And they always didn't have the best things to say about it. But imagine the things that you can get to drink there if this is the case. Right. Like I want to go to a Turkish, uh, to, to Turkish bar. I want to go to a Greek bar. I want to, that'll be so amazing. Okay. Okay. So that's <laughs> one exception. <laughs> right. You know, and the other thing that I want to touch on here is, you know, you've seen my luggage when I come back from Mexico well, now in particular, since the Illinois Liquor Control Commission is watching me, like I come back with a lot of different stuff. I come back mm. with with chocolate. I come back with uh, copitas and jicaras. And, you know, I think all of those things, uh, sal de gusano, I think all of those things uh, beg the same kind of question. So, you know, when you're traveling down there, if you're cognizant of the fact that you can't bring this stuff back to serve in your bars, but you can bring back, say, a whole bunch of chili mm. powder or sal de gusano, like, that's okay in your bar, right? Yes, and honestly, I think that... Um this is sort of a compliment, but that's not going to sound like a compliment to you, Lou. But I think you became far more interesting when you start, stop just bringing spirits to Mexico. I think you were forced to look closer and <laughs> I more think, carefully. I think I became more interesting when you started drinking more. <laughs> anyway, sorry. No, but, but you know the point that I'm saying. I, I, th I think that people forget that we talk about agave spirits as, as liquid culture mm -hmm. and culture it's a collection of things and i think if you are only thinking about the spirits you're missing out on all of these things that you can use to inform your staff your customers and that just people that are passing around are starting to get interested in the category you know okay great i'm glad you said that it's, i don't want to get too far away from copitas because i want to circle back to that but mm -hmm. you know i will say i think it's fascinating to bring back all of the different tools that you can from a palenque yes. venata right like <laughs> you've you've made fun of me on occasion when i'm down there trying to trying to buy the tools that they are using at that moment lou you know they're gonna need this again and and oftentimes that's the case but sometimes they have extras and they're very happy uh, to let them go and and sometimes i have to like really force them to take money for these things but you bring those tools back to the bar and you start showing them to people i think it really helps to illustrate um just what it means to say that these spirits are made in a pre-industrial manner <laughs> But there's a disclaimer to this, and I think this happened to you with a quiote, and this happened to me with a piece of food that I brought back. Sometimes they're infested with insects. Yes, yeah, sometimes yes, that's uh, a very good point. <laughs> it's a very good point. So you should, you should, like, I, I now, whenever I bring back or attempt to bring back quiotes, a, um, I don't do it that frequently anymore because I've got five or six already. I don't need more. But B, um, I spray it down with uh, insecticide to kill anything that might yes. be on it. Um, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and make I, sure it's I, I a was... dead quixote. The live quixotes make them nuts. Yes, yes, yes. And I almost got disinherited from my family for living one of those at my mother's house. And then she got a moth plague for three months. Oh, and that was I've not had pretty, moth plagues yeah. for years in my house now. <laughs> I love it. So um, our friend Alvin Starkman, he also did this really cool thing mm. where he took the, um, uh, what would you call them? The, the boards that are used to make a, a, a fermenter, the Tina. The, 
Well, just boards, just mm. planks. I, I guess planks. they're just wood planks. planks. The individual planks. He took a bunch of those from an old fermenter and he chopped them down and converted them into little stands um, that you can put copitas into for flights. So, oh. yeah, right? So you get this beautiful piece of wood that if you don't pay attention to it, just looks like a nice piece of wood. Um, but it gives bartenders an opportunity to tell the story about open air wooden fermentation. Right, this piece of wood used to be part of that fermenter. And again, this—I—I I, I keep on mentioning this so much because this last week was so eye-opening to me. I, you know, how sometimes you know things but you forget about them. <laughs> yes, and uh, <laughs> it happens to me all the time. And it was impressing for me to see a lot of very young people that 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 were in some of the presentations we made that were fascinated and interesting in in the spirit. But they were absolutely disconnected to every possible reality to it. It's a little bit of how people sometimes say that junk kids don't know that carrots are not grown in cans. That that it's even hard for a, you know this thing what they say about U.S. kids. No. They made this poll and they asked kids where do car. I think it was carrots or potatoes or something like that. And they asked them, do you know where those these things are grown? And they answered, oh, they don't grow inside the can. They didn't have an image of a field right. of these things growing. Right. And this is an absolute extreme. And I, I do not believe that. Uh, I think people know that there are agave fields, like the ones that you have in your green screen behind you right now. <laughs> but uh, even just these tangible things to touch. You know, another technique that I've been using lately, I've been collecting the thorns of different agaves. Hmm. <laughs> so instead, because a penca, I mean, pencas are beautiful and they really illustrate the different shapes and geometries of agaves. Yeah. But they're big, they're hard to transport. Uh, I've, I forced you to help me out with that. Uh, they can be dangerous uh, just because they're yeah. aggressive things. But the thorns, yeah, those you can put in your pocket. You just have to remember they're in there before you put your hand in. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Like, I, as you say, sometimes there are things you know that you forget. For the longest time, what I was doing was clipping the buds off of quiotes, the unblossomed uh, flower buds, dropping mm. them into flasks, filling those flasks with um, oh, agave I, I, spirits. I, I, I was there. I was there once when you were, I, I had, I didn't know you that well. And I saw people giving you flowers inside flasks. And I was like, what is the hell, what the hell is this guy trafficking? <laughs> I, I like, I swear to God, I thought it was like some weird drug that you were just, uh, <laughs> I was like, this hippie drink was doing something very dubious. Nah, just, you know, literally just a method, uh, a tool to use when you're talking to people about, okay, yeah. you know, how does the agave reproduce? And there are different kinds of agave. And like even the buds, they look so different from one quiote to the next, yeah. one agave to the next. But but again, we're getting so far away from, from the copitas. <laughs> so, so I, you know, there was a, a, a question on one of the online forums a couple of weeks ago about, is it safe to drink out of these uh, copitas that I bring back or are they full of lead? Uh, and I figured this is definitely Chava territory. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Uh, so uh, this is a long, terrible story, actually. It's, it's sort of the, one of the biggest tragedies that has happened to Mexican artisans. Uh, there's a, so as you were saying, a lot of people think that most of the clay that is glazed in Mexico has lead. So that's a very important first distinction. Uh, like for example, the clay that you buy in San Bartolo Coyotepec, the, the black clay, 
that's unglazed clay, right? It's mm-hmm. not shiny. Right. It's, uh, it doesn't feel like you melted glass on top of it. So that has no lead whatsoever. That's absolutely safe. So the, so the lead is not in the clay. The lead is in the that paint. The lead is not in the clay. Yes. So that's a f- very first important distinction to make that I believe not a lot of people know. The, the clay is just dirt. And that's the beautiful thing about clay, at least low temperature clay that artisans use in my country and in other countries as well. So that's the first area of distinction. The problem is sometimes if you're drinking from an unglazed piece of clay, uh, they're known as the mezcal thieves, right? <laughs> so you will, <laughs> you will put your mezcal in there and before you know it, whoop, it has disappeared because it's porous. It's drinking, uh, it's absorbing any liquids that you put in there. And it also absorbs uh, certain flavors and aromas. Uh so the cure to that or the technology that, you know, like it's it's a true, uh, people think it came from Europe and I, I have no tools to discuss that, was using glaze, which in essence, it's melting some sort of uh, metals, uh, glasses and other compounds hmm. on top of the clay to make it impermeable, to make it not purse. So, so if I'm hearing you correctly, Chava, a glaze can have lead, but doesn't necessarily have lead. So the reason why they used to have lead and why lead was so prominent or prevalent in a lot of glazes is because lead can melt in very low temperatures. It melts really fast and it shines beautifully. So you're investing a lot less energy Mm. to make something that looks like the ultimate bling bling. And so this was very appealing. Hey, well, yeah, like there's no hip hopper that is going to have something cooler than that. Uh, So that was why it was so prevalent. But now, and one of the biggest communities in Oaxaca called Atzompa, Santa Maria Atzompa, famous for its very shiny green, that's what they they all used lead. But there were a few things that happened. Uh, Most notoriously, they were banned for exportation mm-hmm. if they were using lead. So if they want to export clay to the United States, they sell very cheap lead kits. So as part of my exportation efforts, they're going to test them. And if I have lead in my glaze, they're going to find out and they won't allow me to send it to the United States. If you buy clay in almost any place now, mm-hmm. they, and it doesn't matter where it comes from, it has been tested for lead toxicity. Well, So you're usually you, safe. You, Unless you're literally going to Atzompa, right? To buy it, yes. What has happened lately in Atzompa, it's uh, the government and even some philanthropies have put a lot of efforts into giving them technologies that help them with not using lead. Actually, the first big project that I did in Oaxaca when I first moved there was that, was designing high-temperature kilns for them to be able to use glazes that did not have lead. Yeah. I can tell you that if you, I mean, I, I know artisans as, as family by now. So I know the ones that don't use lead. I don't pretend that people are going to spend months trying to find them. But what can I guarantee is if you go to a design store in the center of Oaxaca, or if you go to a, a good looking design store, there's a 98% <laughs> well, 
Well, like, like, no. Well, if well, it I'm looks thinking, good, it must be safe, Java. Well, I'm not saying, but I'm, I'm saying like a lot of these people that run these stores, they, they, they've done exportations and they, they, they find this problem all the time. So I'm, it's ninety-eight percent sure that the pieces that they sell won't have lead, just because it's not compatible with the markets they're trying to to touch. Okay, so that's Chava's idea. My idea is if it's shiny and it has any kind of glaze, don't buy no, it. No, 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 not at all. No, because there's a lot of them that now are working. Uh, actually, the the most elaborate artisans now they can get you results that look better than lead, and it's because they're using high temperature kilns. And they're using uh, just beautiful glazes. So, no, no, no. Like, I think that's absolutely not a conclusion we need to get to. Well, no, the conclusion but is that's try my to conclusion. Find... <laughs> yeah, but that's so boring. That's like saying all, all artisanal mezcal has high methanol. That's the same conclusion. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh-uh. Yeah, it's, it's like saying everything that is made artisanally is unsafe for consumption. That's what you're saying right now. Well, what I'm saying is I'm not going to trust that somebody who knows how to put together a beautiful design store isn't going to sell me something that has lead in it. You know, I think well, it's sort you can of, you know, I think, I think to, to, to go back to your analogy, right? Like, I, I don't know how much methanol I'm drinking when I travel around rural Mexico, but I do know that there are, there are producers who I visit over and over and over again um, who, who don't seem to be affected by what they're drinking, and I'll keep drinking what they're drinking. So, you know, same kind of thing. If you're really dedicated to building this beautiful collection of clay copitas or anything else, um, you, you got to do the homework and spend the time if you really want to be safe, mm. right? Okay, yeah, I, I prefer that approach. And then something important as well is lead is only toxic or relevant if you're using it for cooking, for drinking, for food consumption. If or you, if it's fired out of a gun. Yes, sure. Okay. <laughs> yes. Uh, but if you're using it for decoration... If you're not going to be consuming stuff out of it, it's only toxic for the makers, which sucks. But man, you can get some, and I, I, it's horrible to endorse lead, but man, you can get some beautiful, beautiful decorative pieces that were done using lead, also like vintage pieces, and you won't believe the, the, the level of beauty. And and it's so unfortunate that lead is toxic because lead is used to make so so many well has been used to make so many beautiful things <laughs> in the past that uh, it's, it's it's depressing. Okay, I think we have uh, I think we've killed this subject, Java. So let's wrap this okay. episode and uh, and I'll catch you next week. Okay, see you soon, señorito. Adiós. Hasta pronto. Bye. This has been Agave Road Trip, the podcast that helps gringo bartenders learn about agave spirits. Your hosts are Lubank and Chava Periban. Sound engineering by Roy Sierra. Theme song performed by Gabriel Oliveira and Mark Rico. Sign up to become a road tripper and listen to more episodes at agaveroadtrip.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please let us know. And if you hated it, recommend it to your enemies. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Lou is in charge of our social media. So if he happens to sound like an old man, forgive him. He is one. Agave Road Trip is a production of 10 Angry Pitbulls, Inc. Agave Road Trip is powered by Simplecast. Thank you for listening to Heritage Radio Network. 
Heritage Radio Network is food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. To subscribe to the Heritage Radio Network newsletter, enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with Heritage Radio Network on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find Heritage Radio Network at facebook.com slash heritageradionetwork. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. Heritage Radio Network couldn't do that without support from listeners like you. Become a part of the food world's most innovative community today. Subscribe to the shows you like. Tell your friends. And please join the Heritage Radio Network family by becoming a member. To become a member of the Heritage Radio Network, click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Heritage Radio Network can become addictive. Programming you here on Heritage Radio Network can drive you to eat, drink, and listen to more programming on Heritage Radio Network. If it drives you to drink, please do not drink and drive. Drink responsibly. Eat responsibly too. And listen to Heritage Radio Network responsibly. To listen to Heritage Radio Network responsibly, wear protective earbuds. While wearing protective earbuds, do not drive or walk. Sit in a comfortable chair. If that comfortable chair has a hard seat, please remember to get up and stretch every 30 minutes. If you get up and stretch every 30 minutes, do not stretch beyond your abilities. Stay within your defined stretching capacity and consult a doctor who specializes in stretching. If you do not have a doctor, listen to all the shows on the Heritage Radio Network. There has to be at least one doctor among the Heritage Radio Network podcast hosts. Thanks for listening. Agave Road Trip out.